0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at FCBradio.com. FCB. Okay, hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Marble Halls and Silver Screens. My name is Sarah Lee. It is a lovely Friday here in your nation's capital. Um, I have a, uh, in a few minutes I have a lunch date that I have to go to. I mean, it's a work date <laughs> So once again, I'm feeling the pressure to get this done, but we'll try to we'll try to knock it out here pretty quickly. There's a couple of things I do want to talk about today. There were several topics I could have chosen from. Um, there's just a lot going on, critical race theory. It's just everywhere. Uh, the discussion of race is everywhere, um, but I wanted to talk about uh, big tech. Um, I think that that's, you know, as we, as we start to sort of, I guess, come back from some of the abuses that have been going on in our schools, in our, uh, in our corporate boardrooms, um, in our politics. Uh, I think big tech, that that has to be part of the discussion because they have amplified some voices and um, quieted others. And they certainly have made no bones about, some of them have made no bones about where they stand on some of these issues, which is fine. Political opinions are absolutely, uh, people are allowed to have them. But if you wield extraordinary power to silence some voices and amplify others, We might need to uh, sort of take a look at, you know, whether or not that's a situation we're comfortable with. So I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. Um, I have some thoughts on The Tomorrow War, which I watched last night well into the early morning, so I'm pretty tired this morning. Talk about that briefly. And then, um, of course, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what is going on with Chinese cinema because... um, there has been some criticism from China about the tomorrow war and yet uh China's actually their box office um has uh just um lit up over a propaganda film so I want to talk about that they've made that I want to talk about how these two approaches to cinema and really life actually these ideological approaches to life what that might mean so Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I'll get into all of that, and hopefully it'll be something you enjoy listening to on your commute or your run or, you know, maybe while you're just sitting at your office um, desk trying to get some work done. Uh, So stick around, and we'll be back in a few minutes.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.
1: Okay, y'all, thanks for hanging around. All right, let's just jump right in. Um, So you may have read about Donald Trump's decision to file a class action lawsuit against the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, who deplatformed him. Uh, he just gave an interview to um, uh, Bill O'Reilly, I want to say, about uh why he decided to do this he said people had encouraged him to do it it's a it's a, a bit self-serving it sounds like he's mostly interested in you know why they deplatformed him but the larger issue is well taken they can do it to anyone um and i think uh and i don't want to use they in this like scary like who are they way we do that too much i mean the proprietors of these gigantic tech firms that have a ton of market share power and um and have the the ability to sort of you know take you offline if they want to. Um, again, this is nobody is guaranteed the right to be online. That's for sure. But there are questions of you know violations of free speech, and there are other questions about you know sort of antitrust and monopolistic behavior. Where do we want to allow these billionaires who you know are politically motivated um we may not agree with their decisions even life decisions their character decisions i'm not casting aspersions i'm just saying that sometimes that can be the case where these people have extraordinary power it's often the case in fact so um there are questions around that and i think there are serious questions around that so um, Trump's, uh, lawsuit, um, a, the class action suit against Facebook and Twitter and these platforms who, uh, basically took him offline is, is part of a larger story about big tech. And I know it's been brewing for a while and I do expect antitrust, the antitrust issue, the monopoly issue to become louder and louder and louder. Um, you know, part of what I do in the day job is, we take a look. We took a very close look at how Mark Zuckerberg's you know money played a huge role in the 2020 election um, and how he sent this money through a through a he he gave this huge donation, millions of dollars, um, three hundred million, something like that, northwards of that, uh, to a ostensibly nonpartisan um, nonprofit which then turned around and gave that money out to, you know, sort of local uh, election um, field offices and things like that. And when you start crunching the data, it looks like uh, the Democratic candidate for president in 2020 benefited um, in a way that the Republican candidate did not from this huge donation Laundered through a, I shouldn't say laundered, filtered through a, because um, it's a legal term. Uh, I guess it's a legal term. I think it is. Um, filtered through a ostensibly nonprofit organization, which is by being a nonprofit not supposed to take a political stance. Um, can have a point of view, but it can't actively work on behalf of a politician. So. Zuckerberg gave a ton of money that had apparently some serious effect on uh, the 2020 election, um, and may have tilted it toward the Democratic candidate. Uh, We're we're still looking at the data. We're you know so the the question is: Do we want these billionaires who have their political opinions and they are perfectly reasonable and right to have them um, to have that kind of effect on our systems and? Certainly they do with their ability to deplatform. Um, there is also a, an antitrust suit, again, being filed against Google by something like 36 states um, and the District of Columbia because of how Google, I don't understand the intricacies of it, but it's basically related to how Google makes people pay to use their app store and that they essentially have cornered the market on the distribution of apps although there are some competitors um google essentially controls that market and so they've started to google has started to really uh, clamp down on sort of the i think it's like a commission that they expect if you're a phone maker um if you want to uh use if people buy apps through that uh through google the google app store you know that there's just a commission that must be paid to them. And so um, this 36 states in the United States and the District of Columbia is like, this might be too much market control. So I expect these discussions to continue around big tech, not just the ability to de-platform people. Because, you know... The libertarian right uh, conservatives are, are not wrong when they say that private companies can do what they want. They absolutely can. But I have been saying this for some time, and the only legislator or you know politician that I've heard talk about it in these terms was Ron DeSantis. I meant to write something about it, and I and I just haven't, so I hope it, it pops back up again. But to me, this is really about uh, not being... Honest with the consumer, uh, the pl- deplatforming issue. Anyway, um, the the monopoly power and the antitrust potential antitrust violations are different from what I'm talking about. Those are also very serious, and I expect conversations will continue around that that issue. But the um, the issue of free speech and you know this is a marketplace of free ideas, and everybody can come and say what they want. That's how they sold these platforms. That is not what consumers are actually getting when they sign up so because it's not a traditional pay you don't pay to use twitter or facebook it's free um it's 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 kind of new territory. I think maybe it's not, and I just don't know enough about sort of consumer protection to know that this is actually something that has a precedent. To me, it seems kind of unprecedented that they've quote unquote scare quote sold a product and then it's not anything like what they told you it was. It is not a platform for free speech. They can absolutely police what you think, sorry, what you say, and they can take you off the platform if they want to. And the libertarian is. Uh, right is correct they are allowed to do that they're private companies the issue is is this the product that the consumer was told that they were getting now you'll hear people say well if you read the fine print in the you know service agreement then it's all spelled out very clearly uh which is fair that's a fair legal argument i guess but Um, When you also then take into consideration comments that people like Jack have made in front of Congress where he says, you know, no, 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 this is a marketplace of free ideas. It's for free expression. That runs absolutely counter to what these platforms have been actually doing. So um, I think that that issue, that's a very interesting issue to me because, like I said, I feel like it borders on consumer fraud, um, it feels like a fraudulent product. It feels like a fraudulent set of, um, you know, if if not the actual service agreement that you do agree to, the, the promotion of the companies feels like these guys aren't actually telling the truth about what you're getting when you sign up. I think there's also an argument to be made that, from the con- from the uh, advertising perspective, it is a more traditional uh, consumer relationship because there is money changing hands, there is payment, um, and a lot of people use these um, platforms to advertise. So, I see a consumer fraud issue here. Um, I, like I said, I've heard one legislator talk about it, and that's Ron DeSantis. Um, I, and personally, I think that's why, in, in some ways, I'll circle back around to Trump Trump's class action suit. That's why I think that's kind of a smart thing to do, because that's where a consumer, you know, a consumer-led uh, lawsuit is, I think, maybe one of the ways to kind of go at this if we want actual change to occur, because no one wants these platforms to go away. We like them, obviously. I think it's just that we're realizing that we're not getting the product that we originally thought we were getting as consumers. Um, also, because, you know, you may have heard the other day that Tucker Carlson was saying the NSA had looked at his emails. That story, I could talk about that one all day, too, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one sit for a little bit. Maybe I'll talk about it next week. These tech companies, you know, they, they do collect our data, and we don't have a lot of information about how that data is then used by uh, some of our um, our federal agencies, for good and for bad. Um, so I just think the American people are kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, and that's where the that's where the pushback should come from. The other side of this, of course, is again the um, the sort of antitrust lawsuits which the states are engaged in. So. All in all, with this sort of, you know, multi-pronged sort of attack, I hate, I'm sorry to use the word, but it kind of is, this sort of multi-pronged attack, um, I think that uh, big tech is in for an interesting couple of years coming up. Um, You know, probably won't be during the Biden administration, but... um, We're already almost a year through that, so, (laughs) well, let me, it feels like a year, it hasn't been that long, what's it been, six months, seven months, Um, so I guess it just feels that way, because I know we're already starting to gear up for the 2022 midterms, and so things just move fast, they move faster than you realize, they also move slower than you want, so it's just, you know, politics is just like that. Anyway, it's going to be an interesting few years for tech, Um, so Keep your eyes out for that. Um, it, I, I'm I'm sort of a tech nerd. I don't know a ton about it. I used to work in it. Uh, things changed so rapidly in that industry that I would have to go and like really reevaluate everything that I already know about it. Um, but I do know that, you know, that much power in the hands of a couple of billionaires is something we have addressed in this country before. Um, nobody wants to take away their ability to earn. Nobody wants to take away their money. No one is saying that. At least I'm not saying that. I just think maybe, you know, having that kind of outsized effect on, a, on, an, on an election that already is, you know, funded, those election offices are already funded to handle those things maybe we want to look at that <laughs> and I, I say maybe sarcastically we definitely want to look at that and we want to look at you know the deep platform and all of the other things so the deplatforming platforming and all of the other things so it's gonna be interesting for big tech in the next couple of years all right let's talk about the tomorrow war um so I watched it last night I had heard good things um you know I kind of knew it was going to be sort of the dude uh, movie, which I can get into that. Um, I like dude movies sometimes, a little bit of action-adventure stuff. Uh, and I liked this one. It, it wasn't, it. you know, it didn't stun me with its brilliance or anything, but it was, it was a really good, fun, block reminds me of the old blockbusters growing up, you know. Well, actually, even more when I, a little bit later in my life. Um, it's kind of like Aliens or Predator, you know. Um, just, it was a good slightly formulaic alien film. Uh, you know, battle... Earth battling... Humans battling the aliens, right? Uh, against impossible odds. And I liked it. Uh, Chris Pratt is just... You know, he's fun to watch. He's an interesting actor. He... Um, I don't know. I I just liked the film. It it did have an interesting plot, uh, a little slightly different, a little bit off topic. Um, wasn't It wasn't quite as formulaic as you know. It had its own sort of angle, um, which it was it was fun, and it was sort of fun. It was a little predictable, but it was fun. I think kids would actually really like it. And Pratt is a really good throwback to you know the American action hero. Um, he's an attractive guy he is funny um, he can you know play action hero with the best of them he's also got sort of this like sensitive like gushy core like he you know he's a great action hero what i found most interesting about this film and it's well acted you know there's some there are some characters that i actually found myself cheering up a little bit <laughs> um there's some sidekick characters who are great fun. There's um, some characters who there are some characters who have some you know sort of sad heroic stories that, like I said, made me tear up a bit. It's it's a fun movie. It's a really good summer blockbuster movie, and it's breaking all kinds of streaming records. So of course China hates it and there's enough and i've read that that china's like basically said it's boring and they're tired of this same old american action hero because whether or not everybody in america is ready to deal with this we are in a serious ideological war with china i don't think we knew we were but they did um and it's the same war we were in with soviet russia it's communism right um I always have to distinguish the people from the ideology because it's so easy for critics to, you know, when you start talking about these things, for critics to say, "Oh, this is xenophobia." You know, you you talk about China all the time. It's it's not China the people. It's not the Chinese people. It's it's the government's decision to embrace this toxic ideology of communism. Right? Russia did the same thing, and um, it's just a but does, ugh, I oh, I have so much I could say about it. Anyway, at any event, uh, so you know, you're getting a lot of reports out of China that this is a terrible film and it was just you know boring and they're they're tired of the same old you know action hero uh, claptrap from the United States and there's nothing interesting about it. And oh hey, look at our blockbuster called 1921. It celebrates 100 years of communism, and it broke all the box office records in China. I mean, it's state-sanctioned, and if you don't say that you like it and you don't go see it, you probably get in trouble. So who knows if it's really any good? I actually am interested in seeing it, um, just to see, you know, (laughs) just to see what a really well-done propaganda film uh, out of communist China might look like. But I think that another reason that you're hearing, you know, criticisms of this Tomorrow War, um, which, by the way, does involve time travel and aliens and all of this stuff. It's, you know, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, It'd actually be really fun to see in the theater, just so you know. So if it's out there in the theaters, go see it. I, I watched it online. Um, I, I would... I, I do think that... Um, another reason that China... You're getting criticisms out of, like, sort of state official channels out of China about Tomorrow War. Is there's one... It has a theme of science, and there's one line where Chris Pratt, as the hero Dan, says, you know, never stop innovating. We can't stop innovating. We have to keep... Or or we die. You know, we have to keep trying. You can't let... You can't let the overwhelming odds keep you from trying, or you've already you've already died, right? Even if it looks like it's all hopeless, you have to keep innovating. It's important. Well, that is a very capitalist statement, right? It really is. I mean, ask Elon Musk how much innovation means to um, SpaceX and Tesla and all of that. Um, this is the mantra. Innovation is the mantra of all great entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurs. Um, so I was like, I can see why China doesn't like this film. I can see why they had to publicly come out. It's it's, it's not even about competition. Ironically, at the box office, it is, but it's 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 about more than that. It's about the message of the film. You know, while this film is talking about keep innovating, the odds are never, you know, even if you're facing certain extinction, don't give up, versus celebrate, you know, 100 years of communism, and if you don't like this film, and you don't, uh, you know, uh, pad the numbers at the box office so that we can tell everyone what a box office success it was, we might come and knock on your door, Um, You know, it's just two different approaches to, I mean, generally speaking, just life, right? Um, I can't explain. If you don't understand the difference between those two approaches to life, I can't really help you. I can't help explain it to you. Um, It it almost feels like you have to have a background of why The freedom to innovate is important. And if you've not been given that background and that that sort of baseline understanding, you're going to end up like, you know, an Antifa kid in the street fighting a bloody war on behalf of the state while, you know, doing this doublespeak nonsense where you're saying you're fighting for freedom. I mean, it, you're going to be that confused. So I'll just say this. It, Innovation requires freedom. It requires freedom of thought. It requires uh, freedom of resources, ability to access resources. It requires people sort of, you know, taking risks and um, having people take risks with them and invest in those kinds of things. It is a system. Innovation as a concept requires freedom. Um And that's something that, I mean, in this film definitely, you know, mentions that uh, in its way. And that is something that communism is not a huge fan of because communism as a political ideology and a life ideology is about control. Everything you do is done for the state. You must come see this movie for the state. You must like this movie for the state. You must agree that the state is great for the state uh, because it's good for you to do that. Because if you, and how is it good for you in a very immediate way? It's good for you because we won't show up at your door and disappear your family. (laughs) But communism is not about freedom, it's about control. You are a cog in the wheel, you are a worker. Uh, advancing the interests of the state and what you think and what you might be able to produce innovatively or think on your own really doesn't. It's really not encouraged and it's often discouraged um, at the point of a gun. So that's why partially I think China is criticizing Tomorrow War so much. As a film, again it's a bit formulaic but I think a 14 year old boy for example would love it. (laughs) And I found nothing objectionable about uh, Chris Pratt's character um it was a fun old-fashioned in a way um but but also p- p- newfangled adventure action film i mean it and what better subject than aliens right like we love to do this with aliens um how many alien films have there been where it's like humanity against the aliens so it, it's a good film I, I would encourage you to watch it if for no other reason it's a nice escape and that's what you know, really, that's what film should be. That's what interp- entertainment's supposed to do is help you just escape for a little bit and remind you of these sort of larger ideals about, you know, perseverance in the face of impossible odds and um, friendship and why you do things. It's You know, even if it looks like you're saving the world, you might really just be trying to save your own family. And the world being saved is an ancillary and happy accident. So anyway, Tomorrow tomorrow War, it's pretty good. And I got to give it up for Chris Pratt. Love him. I I really, you know, fell in love with him. I had seen him in, you know, some of his television work, Parks and Rec and stuff like that. But I just fell in love with him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of like, you know, his ability to just be a movie star. He is so good in that. And then, of course, the Jurassic Park movies and He's wonderful. We, you know, he's just great. I love Chris Pratt. They try. They keep trying to cancel him, too. And he's just like, eh, I'm just what I am. Maybe one day they'll have more success canceling him. But he just seems to just embrace who he is and come what may. And that's really all you can do. I mean, it's kind of a crazy world out there right now. All right, let's end on this. Um, so as I mentioned, this, um, you know, 1921 film that uh, is just, you know, yeah, apparently it contributed to seventy percent of the national box office about a week ago in China. Um, it, it, so I just want to tell you what it is, um, just so you'll understand what's going on over there right now. Um, this is from Variety's write up about it. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see here. Let me let me just tell you what it. What, what, they, what they call it. It's a Chinese propaganda film. Um, it is expected, it's called 1921, it is expected to be one of China's biggest films of the year. It notched 13 million opening day. Um, it's, you know, blowing all the American films like Cruella, Peter Rabbit 2, A Quiet Place 2, it's blowing them out of the water. But as Variety writes, 1921 is the beneficiary of special attention from the local film authorities who cannot allow it to become a box office failure. In the past, other patriotic films have been boosted significantly by purchases from civil servants and school children ordered to attend, favorable scheduling, manipulated ratings, longer runs, and other measures to save the government from the unacceptable political embarrassment of a flop. So... You can see, and this is just sort of, I'm going to end the show on just sort of this lesson of how uh, sort of state, how central command and control economies, like communism and socialism, how they work in comparison to what we just talked about in the Tomorrow War, this idea of like innovation. 1921, I haven't seen it. I, I don't know much about it. I haven't seen a trailer. It may be terrible. It may just be like a propaganda film. I mean, it's obviously it's propaganda, so you have to know that going in. But some propaganda films, I imagine, can be you know pretty interesting and well made. I think there's actually some history around propaganda films um, in Germany that were a compelling watch. It, you know, I mean, it's horrible to think about that, but there you go. Um, so. 1921 could actually be compelling watching it, but it is propaganda. It is to celebrate the hundred years of the communist regime, but people have to like it as this variety um, article is saying they, they, they have been um, school children must go to it because that's how, you know, especially in China, you know, this sort of mandated, um, uh, love of government, mandated love of country, is a, is part of and has been part of Chinese communism for sixty, what seventy years or something um, that we know of. So and probably the full one hundred. <laughs> so yeah, I just um, I just think it's it's going to be very important because China. The irony is that China, you know, capitalism, which is the system we embrace here in the West. Uh, the free market, it's all about competition, healthy competition. Uh, And we try to regulate bad actors, which is where the whole monopoly conversation comes in. Um, And we should do that. We don't want to, you know, allow people to be keeping other people out of the market. That actually tamps down healthy competition, and that's not what the system's about. Ironically, what China is doing is they're trying to communist China is doing is they're trying to compete as a communist system which does not embrace competition with a capitalist system in the West that does. So, you know, they have to force people to go and like something whereas tomorrow war was just You know, I mean, maybe there's some manipulation of the press, probably, because there always is. This was a great film and all of that, a little propagandistic here and there, too. But people did watch The Tomorrow War, and it was very popular. It took off over the weekend. So it's always interesting to me that a system like communism that does not embrace the concept of competition at all, ironically then, its whole thing is trying to compete with a system that does embrace competition. So which one of these two systems do you think is better at the competition, right? Um, which is where communism always ends up being brutal because they're not good at competition. They don't embrace it. They don't understand it. They don't like it. So then they have to do everything at the point of a gun. You have to force kids to go see it. You have to get everybody to like it, or they come to your house. So – it's going to be really interesting. You know, I think Hollywood, I think, has pulled back quite a bit from their love affair with China. I noticed that China's trying a little bit to get more into the sports game. Um, but I think that's going to be pulled back as well, uh, just because... I think things are just changing rapidly, right? I mean, especially after the pandemic. There's a lot of questions about how China behaved during all of this. And so the relationships they had been developing with our sports leagues, Major League Baseball and the NBA, all of that, there's a lot of questioning about the, you know, sort of wisdom of, of engaging in this way. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. And I think one public way we're going to see it is through film. And we're already seeing it with this sort of already fracturing between Hollywood and China. Um, so keep your eye on that. You know, I mean, if you start to get there's a lot that is easy to get, you know, um, dismayed about. But if you start to feel really weird about things, just remember you can look at some of these business, uh, you know, decisions, um, and and start to feel a little bit better. That like, you know, maybe this this experiment in you know democracy is actually still alive. Um, it's not done yet. Uh, man, are we being attacked ideologically and otherwise? But. We're still fighting, just like Chris Pratt in the Tomorrow War. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end it there. I can't think of a better way to end it. All right, y'all, be cool, be cool this weekend. It's kind of hot outside here in D.C., but it's pretty nice. I'm going to try to get to the pool again this, this weekend, do a little dancing. That's what I have on my plate. I hope you guys have a great weekend planned as well. Um, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will talk again next week, y'all.